Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, ladies. Hello, gentlemen. This episode of Luke's English Podcast is sponsored by italki. And if you're looking for one-to-one lessons with a qualified teacher to help you work on specifically the things that you need to work on, then italki can definitely help. It's a very well-established professional platform and it's very impressive the way it works. You, you can easily find the right teacher for you. You can check out all their experience and qualifications. You can read reviews of them. It's like going shopping online for a teacher and when you find the right person for you, then book some time with them and it's all done there through the italki platform. It's extremely convenient and easy. Um, and remember, when you buy some talking time, italki will send you a voucher uh, which is equivalent to a free lesson so basically you can get a free lesson on italki as well okay to get started and to get all the details go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website you're listening to luke's english podcast for more information visit teacherluke.co.uk Hello folks, welcome to a new episode. In this one, I'm going to go through some more audio of interviews I did with native speakers of English in London 10 years ago, and I'll mine it for any nice bits of English vocabulary that we find. Before we begin this episode properly, I just want to say a couple of things about the last episode, the one about Queen and Freddie Mercury, and also to let you know about my plans for the summer and how that might affect the podcast. We'll start with summer plans. First of all, I'm going away on holiday during the second week of July. Uh, That's next week, so no podcasts will go up during that time. Then when we get back, I'm teaching intensive summer courses at the British Council, which means teaching all day, every day, and that's for the rest of July. I still have the evenings, But having a lot less time probably means I won't be able to produce podcasts at the usual rate. So things might go uh, quiet for the rest of the month. Also, in August, we have several holiday plans which are currently coming together. And that will mean being away for at least half of the month. So things might go quiet during July and August, only to return at the normal rate in September. I'll also prioritise premium content because that is stuff that I feel I have a duty to publish. Right, so that's the summer plans and how they'll affect the podcast. Things might be a bit quiet, as usual, at this time of year. But there's the whole episode archive to explore, all the app-only episodes you might not have heard, and all the premium content too. Next, let me say a couple of things about the last episode, which was all about Queen before starting this episode properly in a few minutes. First of all, I received some nice, enthusiastic responses from people who were very pleased that I was finally talking about Queen on the podcast. For example, Francisca Lopez Aperador on YouTube wrote this. Hi, Luke. I was waiting for this episode. You really made my day. How could I express how thrilled I am? Thanks, thanks, thanks. Cheers from Spain, teacher. I think the teacher is addressing me. Uh, unless this is a Spanish teacher in Spain. I'm not sure. Anyway, 
Uh, that was nice. However, some people are saying that Alex, my guest on the episode, uh, some people are saying that Alex is unintelligible in the Queen episode. There weren't many comments, but I reckon if I just get one or two comments about something, it's probably representative of what a lot of other people, or ninjas, are thinking too. For example, Arsene wrote on the website, he wrote, I don't understand any words in this conversation. Lux's speech is clear, but this guy speaks like alien. (laughs) So, what do you think? Is Alex unintelligible? Does he speak like an alien? Personally... I understand every single word Alex says and said in the episode. And also, I noticed that YouTube's automatic subtitles understood most of what he said. By the way, my episodes go up on YouTube now. Not as videos, just with an image, but you can get the subtitles. You can see the automatic subtitles, which are 90% correct, going up to about 95% correct when I'm on my own. But uh, So YouTube uh, understood Alex, mostly. But there were definitely moments when it was difficult to understand everything he said, largely due to the audio quality during the call and partly due to Alex's speech. And that probably made it a a bit less satisfying as a listening experience for you. Apologies for that. The audio quality wasn't up to the normal high standard that you've become used to. Also, arguably, Alex doesn't enunciate as clearly as I do. But then again, most people don't. And this brings us back to this perpetual question of the way that I speak on the podcast. A typical question I get a lot is this. People say, Luke, do you speak normally or do you slow down? Because I understand everything you say, but I don't understand other native speakers. Well, I mean, first of all, I've got pretty good audio equipment, so it captures my voice quite clearly and you can hear every detail because I'm using a a decent microphone. And also, I do try to be normal and natural. But I'm also trying to speak clearly. This is just, this is actually just how I speak. I always make an effort to speak clearly. That's who I am, partly as a result of being an English teacher for many years, but also it's just the way that I was brought up to speak. However, in the real world, you're going to hear people who don't speak as clearly as me, and you need to prepare for that. I think that most people don't speak as clearly as I do, and it's not just about speed, it's about diction. Diction is the manner in which words are pronounced. Uh, To an extent, you've been spoiled by my clear diction. You also have to listen to people who are harder to understand. It trains you to do things like, for example, use the context and other words you can hear to piece together the bits that you don't understand. It's not always going to be laid out on a plate for you, and you can't always blame the speaker for not being clear enough for you. Uh, As I said, I always understand everything Alex says unfortunately. Uh, so as as far as we're, I mean, unfortunately, in the sense that I have to listen to, <laughs> I have to listen to him like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway, I always understand everything Alex says. So as far as uh, we are concerned, he doesn't have a problem with his speech. He goes through his life fine, communicating without issues, doing comedy on stage and making people laugh. So Alex's pronunciation isn't a problem in his life. He doesn't speak as clearly as me, but not many people do. So listening to someone like Alex is actually very good training. It's important to to listen to subprime audio. I mean, or subprime audio, not subprime people, um, of course, because Alex is, uh, what, like a AAA person. But anyway, it's important to listen to uh, less than perfect quality audio. Um, it is. But I know that some of you will be frustrated that you couldn't understand or hear everything. And I'm sorry about that. I thought it would be all right. 
I think the main thing was the audio quality, actually. Understanding what you hear is an important part of the learning process. But be careful of getting used to understanding everything. Sometimes you have to learn to fill in the gaps yourself. So I want you to understand everything you hear on the podcast. Understanding what you're hearing is an important part of the enjoyment of this podcast. It's also an important part of how this works. I've talked about the role of comprehensible input. Basically, this is the theory that you learn language when you understand it. And so finding compelling material to listen to that you understand is vital. So naturally, clear audio is a part of that, and that's why I spend a lot of time attempting to make sure the audio is of good quality on this podcast. Where possible, I even send microphones to guests that I'm interviewing on Skype or FaceTime. I've sent a microphone to my dad, to my brother. I sent one to Raphael in Liverpool. I sent a mic to Andy Johnson. Uh, I couldn't send a mic to Alex because he was using his phone making a WhatsApp call over like a cellular connection. And I expect that this meant that the bandwidth of the audio was very narrow or something like that. Perhaps the audio was compressed so much that there was not much range in the frequency, making it sound kind of squashed or small. Uh, I'm not an expert in audio broadcasting, so I'm not sure, but it's probably something like that. Alex doesn't have Wi-Fi at home, believe it or not. Uh, So our only option was to just do a voice call. So no way for him to plug in a USB microphone. So that's one of the reasons for the difficult audio. I'm probably going too too far here. uh, um, And people are going to write to me saying, it's okay, Luke, don't don't apologize. It's fine. Uh, I usually go a bit over the top if I'm apologizing for something on the podcast, usually because I've mispronounced a place name or I've made some factual error about your country like saying your country is part of another country when in fact they're separate independent nations, you know, stuff like that. Even apologising for uploading too much content sometimes. And now apologising for less than perfect audio in one episode. I'm probably going too far. But it's still worth taking this moment to talk about the pros and cons of good and bad audio when learning English. So if we're learning English with, you know, audio content, if you're learning through listening, um, what about the quality of the audio that you're listening to? Uh, Well, there are good and bad things about having super clear audio and English that you can understand easily. So that's the one extreme. Everything's very clear. You understand all the English uh, clearly. So the pros of that are that you can learn a lot from it, you know, with comprehensible input and you get the satisfaction of understanding it all. The disadvantage is that you get used to it and then you struggle to understand like fast native speech. There are also pros and cons of having audio that's harder to understand. So difficult audio trains you to listen more actively and intelligently, but sometimes it's just frustrating when you don't understand. I think it's about striking the right balance. Hopefully on my podcast, I mix it up and have some audio which is not too difficult to follow uh, that you can learn from and enjoy while also presenting you with more difficult things that you really have to focus on. So now about this episode that you're listening to right now, this is London Native Speaker Interviews Revisited Part 2. Recently, I uploaded part one of this series. That was episode 591. And if you remember, if you've heard that episode, you'll remember that what I'm doing is revisiting some videos I made 10 years ago when I went into central London with my video camera in order to do quick interviews with people about life in London. My question was, what is London really like? I got loads of little responses from people talking about the good and bad points of life in our capital city, and the videos were pretty successful on YouTube. Two of them 
um, now have over a million views, which is not bad. So in these audio episodes, what I'm doing is revisiting those videos. We're going to listen to the audio from the video, see how much you can understand, and then I'm going to break it down in the usual way, clarifying bits of language and helping you to expand your vocabulary. Also, this gives me a chance to be like a film director doing my own DVD commentary track, which is always fun. So how does this relate to the topic of audio quality? Well, I recorded these video interviews on a basic handheld camera. Uh, I think it was like uh, digital video cassettes that I was using. Uh, And I was using just the uh, inbuilt microphone on the camera. There's a bit of wind and loads of atmospheric noise because central London is a very noisy place. And so, yes, the audio isn't as crystal clear as you might expect. But as I've said, it's good practice. This is where we strike that balance between challenging listening and comprehensible listening. Right, so let's go. Let's listen to the audio. We'll do each mini interview one by one, and then I'll break them down for language one by one, okay? We're going to listen to each clip twice. The first time, I'll just ask you the question, what are the good and bad things about living in London? And uh, then you can just listen and try and understand. Then we'll listen again, and I'll break it down bit by bit. And there's quite a lot of nice natural vocab to learn from this video. On the page for this episode, on the website, you will see the video. You'll see a transcript for most of this, what I'm saying now, especially the first part. You'll see transcripts for each part of the video. And you'll also see vocabulary notes with definitions for the bits of vocab I explain during the episode. And that's all free, uh, which is um, nice, isn't it, I suppose? Right then, let's get started. And let me just line up the video here on my phone. Here we go. First thing you're going to hear is the Luke's English Podcast old jingle, the old Luke's English Podcast jingle from back in the day, because this was published in 2009, 10 years ago. And uh, then some sort of music, some generic Apple um, royalty-free music, and then the first guy. So we're going to break it down into, into each person. I think there's four people maybe in this one. It's fairly short. Let's get started. Here we go. Two weeks. Really? Yeah. So what do you do? Uh, graphic design at Campbellwell oh. School of the Arts. Okay. So your first two weeks? First yeah. two weeks. It's quite a big impact. Very big, lots of people, and it's quite expensive as well. Okay. What's the best thing about it? Uh, nightlife. Very good nightlife. It's got, you know, um, you can go to the right places, a lot, lot of action, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot, lot of friendly people as well. Excellent. What, what about the worst thing? Depends on where you go. I mean, there's quite a lot of uh, muggers about, dodgy people looking at you weirdly. You just want to like, t- turn away from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but apart from that, generally, a lot of people are quite nice. I mean, there's some people that like, shove about, but you know, just got to deal with them. Okay. Thank you very much. That's okay. Cheers. Okay, so that was the first guy. And um, what should we call him? I think I've called him Student because he's a student, but he kind of looks a bit like sort of Justin Bieber. He's got like this Justin Bieber haircut. He's kind of like a, a some kind of weird cross between Justin Bieber from 
10 years ago and Ed Sheeran from five years ago is sort of what he looks like. And some people commented on the video uh, saying that he's really cute because he's got like this Justin Bieber haircut, you know, that kind of vague sort of weird Beatles haircut that he had at the beginning. So this guy's got that and he's got like a rucksack on on his back. So he's really looks like the atypical student from 2009. Okay, so what have we got? Well, first thing I want to just point out the question that I asked, which is how long have you been in London? Uh, How long have you been in London? Uh, Which is, you know, such a common question. How long have you been? How long have you been here? How long have you been in this country? How long have you been at at this company? Uh, How long have you been, you know, and you just need to be able to do it. You just need to be able to say, how long have you, you know, how long have you been living here? How long have you been? How long have you been living here? And the answer, I've been living here for seven years. I've been living here since 2012. How long have you been in London? And he says two weeks. But before we get to that, let's just watch the intro to this video again. And I'll just tell you what you can't see or what you can see if you're looking at the video. So we start with uh, a shot of Nelson's column, Lord Admiral Nelson. There he is, Admiral Nelson on the top of Nelson's column in the middle of Trafalgar Square in central London and you see black taxis and red buses driving by the National Gallery which is also in Trafalgar Square and there are statues there it's a famous place there are big lion statues so uh, how long have you been in London? two weeks really? so two weeks actually because weirdly for this video it seems like almost every single person I spoke to had been living in London for two weeks Like, like it was very strange so many people told me they'd been there for two weeks. Uh, I suppose, I mean, I did record it in September, probably late in September. And so um, I expect people had moved to London, you know, the way you often will make a little change at that time of year. It's the kind of back to school period. In England, it's like the back to school period. And so, yeah, a lot of people have been living in London for two weeks, which is a weird thing. And every time someone says it, I'm like, everyone's been living in London for two weeks. And they're like, you know, they don't understand what I'm talking about. Um, so, let's see. What does he do? Yeah. So, what do you do? Uh, graphic design, Camberwell, uh, School of the Arts. Graphic design, Camberwell, School of the Arts. Graphic design, Camberwell, School of the Arts. And he does like this hand gesture, yeah, with his finger when he's saying it, yeah. Graphic design, Camberwell, School of the Arts. <laughs> he's got his like finger in the air like that when he's speaking. <laughs> Hello. So, uh, how long have you been in London? Two weeks. Really? Yeah. So, what do you do? Uh, graphic design at Camberwell, School of the Arts. Okay. Graphic design, Camberwell, yeah, School of the Arts, wicked, man. And they're like, yeah, so your first two weeks. He says, it's quite a big impact. Very big, lots of people, and it's quite expensive as well. I expect you understood that. Quite a big impact, very big, lots of people, and it's quite expensive. So, your first two weeks... First yeah. two weeks, it's quite a big impact. Very big, lots of people, and it's quite expensive as well. Okay. All right. And then I say, what's the best thing about it? And his answer is basically there's uh, nightlife. Nightlife, which basically means, you know, stuff going on in the evening or at night when the sun's gone down. So we're talking about bars and clubs and places to hang out and socialize at night. So nightlife, very good nightlife. It's got, you know, um, if you go to the right places, a lot of action. Action means excitement and um, sort of, 
yeah, like sort of socially exciting things going on. Like there's a lot, where's the action in this town? Um, yeah, I'd say the exciting stuff going on in a town could be described as the action. Um, a lot of exciting things happening and lots of nice girls to meet as well. A lot of action. So it's kind of that sort of action, you know? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of action. Okay, um, let's carry on. And then what's next? Uh, friendly people. And I say, what about the worst things? What's the best thing about it? Uh, nightlife. Very good nightlife. It's got, you know, um, you can go to the right places, not a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot, lot of friendly people as well. Excellent. What, what about the worst thing? And he says, uh, well, it depends on where you go. He kind of weirdly speaks more slowly then when he says that. It depends where you go. I mean, there's quite a lot of uh, muggers about. Muggers. A mugger is someone who might mug you in the street. Okay, so the uh, verb is to mug someone or to get mugged. If you get mugged, it means you're like, you might just be walking down the street at night. It's a bit dark and suddenly someone comes out of a of a like a doorway and says give me your, give me all your money or i'm going to stab you give me all your money and you're like oh i don't know not the face not the face and you like give them all your stuff you've just been mugged or maybe someone grabbed you but from the behind like grab you like that and like give give us a, give us all the fucking money man give me the money man don't do nothing stupid man you know like oh you got mugged okay or they you know they pull out a knife and you go <laughs> That's not a knife. This is a knife. Like your Crocodile Dundee or something. Um, so anyway, where, what was it? Yeah, muggers. Muggers, people who might mug you to get mugged to mug someone to be a mugger. So a lot of muggers about dodgy people looking at you weirdly. Dodgy is a word that comes up regularly, I think, on this podcast because it's such a common slang word. Dodgy means like untrustworthy, possibly dangerous, bit weird bit weird, bit untrustworthy, dangerous, maybe criminal, dodgy people, you know, looking at you weirdly. Ugh. Imagine just muggers around and dodgy people ugh, looking at you weirdly. Ugh, look at that. Look at him. Look at that student there. He looks like Justin Bieber mixed with um, uh, Ed Sheeran, but at different times in their lives, you know. And he said, you just want to turn up, turn away from them. Yeah, which is the right thing to do, Justin. Just turn away from them, Justin. It depends on where you go. I mean, there's quite a lot of uh, muggers about dodgy people looking at you weirdly. You just want to like, turn, turn away from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but apart from that, generally, a lot of people are quite nice. I mean, there's some people that shove about, but you know, just got to deal with them. Ah, he goes, but apart from that, generally, a lot of people are quite nice. I mean, there's some people that shove about, just shove Shove is like sort of move against something in order to move in, in order to sort of push it, right? So let's say, okay, let's say you've gone to a house to arrest someone. You're a cop from New York and you've gone to an apartment building to arrest someone and the person opens the door and they put the door on that pathetic little chain, like they hook it onto the chain. Like, how can I help you? It's like, uh, you, are you aware of uh, the uh, Mr. Johnson at this residence, uh, ma'am? And like, uh, Mr. Johnson? No, we don't have anyone uh, called Mr. Johnson. And then you, you peek through the doorway and you can see Mr. Johnson running uh, up the stairs and you shove the door. You put your shoulder into the door and you shove it with your leg and your shoulder. That's to shove something. So if you can imagine now that you're in a crowded 
uh, underground station in London. You're in Piccadilly Circus on Saturday evening and lots of people, and some people might shove about. They might be pushing other people, shoving about. A bit like the way Donald Trump did at that meeting. Was it, was it the UN? There was a big UN meeting, I think, and he's just shoving, shoving other world leaders out of the way. I've got to get to the front. It's very important. Move, get out of the way, you people. I don't even know who you are, right? Um, he's like shoving world leaders out of the way, um, you know, Donald Trump. Um, so anyway, some people, you know, there's some people that shove about, but you've just got to deal with it. You've got to deal with it, haven't you? To deal with something is just to, hmm, well, if there's something that you don't really have any control over, you can't stop it. You just have to deal with it, man. It's just like in your head, just make peace with that thing. So there's like people that shove about, but what are you going to do? Well, okay. So you say to yourself, all right, some people shove about. Not everyone does. We live in a big city. There's nothing you can do about it. So but we don't mind. So you just deal with it like that. That's what deal with it means. Like, uh, So for example, I don't know. Let's see. You work for the Coca-Cola company and you've done a bit of research. You ask someone in the street. So can you tell me which... Uh, I'm just doing a quick survey here for uh, a popular soft drinks manufacturer. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. I'm going to call it the Blind Challenge. We've got two cups in front of you there. Just take uh, take a sip of each cup and just tell us which one you think is the uh, the Coke. Which one's the, got that crate? No, t- actually, change my mind. Just tell us which one you think is the best. And the person goes, all right. Uh, just, uh, that's quite nice. <coughs> oh, I don't like that one. It made me cough. I like the first one. And the guy's like, uh, ah, right. That's the um, oh, that's the Pepsi. He's like, well, I just prepare, I prefer Pepsi. There you go. That's there you go. And it's not what you wanted to hear, but I just prefer Pepsi. Just you're gonna have to just deal with it. Okay. Slightly strange examples, but there we go. And then at the end, I think I said thank you very much, and he goes, "That's okay." Should we just listen to? I'm going to shove back ten seconds. Come on, Justin Bieber. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but apart from that, generally, a lot of people are quite nice. I mean, there's some people that shove about, but you know, just got to deal with them. Okay. Thank you very much. That's okay. Cheers. What a polite young man. Um, now, bit of vocab then, just to just to go over it again. So we've got, how long have you been in London? How long have you been in London? I've been in London for two weeks. Uh, nightlife, a lot of action, muggers, dodgy people looking at you weirdly. But apart from that, which is a nice phrase to mean despite those other things, like like aside from those things, apart from that, generally, a lot of people are quite nice. There's some people that shove about. Now, actually, it should be there are some people that shove about, right? It should be. But this is such a common uh, error by native speakers that it's fast becoming accepted usage, I think, especially with people for some reason. Obviously, people is plural, one person, two people. So it should be there are some people Everyone always says there's some people. So there you go. Native, it's unfair, isn't it? It is. Native speakers make mistakes and they become correct. Learners of English make mistakes and they stay mistakes, unfortunately. Anyway, so but there you go. You've just got to deal with it, I suppose. You've just got to deal with it. They're a perfect example. Let's move on to the next person who I've called the girl in the red scarf. Um, and for this part of the video, I've moved to Leicester Square which is where all the cinemas are. It's the showbiz place. So let's hear from the girl in the red scarf. Hello, 
So, hello. Hello. Where are you from? Um, I live in Red Hill, which is about half an hour away from London. Okay. Um, how long have you lived there? Two weeks. Okay. Everyone's been living in London for two weeks for some reason. <laughs> um, so, what's London really like then? London, well, London's a really, really massive place, which can be quite overwhelming, but it's not that scary after you've, you know, got stuck in there. Yeah. Um, London has everything you'd ever want if you're into theatres, arts, education, nightclubs, anything. Um, I would say just get stuck in there and go for it. Okay. Great. Um, what's the worst thing about London? The worst thing. Ooh, the worst thing. Uh, I think the worst thing would have to be the pollution. It's probably not as bad as some countries, but you always feel like you've got black fingernails. So. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. So that was the girl in the red scarf. Short and sweet. Let's just rewind here the video where we see her in front of a couple of red phone boxes just for the tourist, uh, you know, just to keep the tourists happy. Okay. Thank you very much. That's okay. Cheers. All right. So then we, we move to Leicester Square and there's like images of the View Cinema and the Empire and you see a poster for Inglorious Bastards, uh, the Quentin Tarantino film, and Bruce Willis, Surrogates, both films that were out at the time. So, hello. Hello. Where are you from? Um, I live in Red Hill, which is about half an hour away from London. Okay. Uh... So she, she lives in Red Hill. Uh, let me just check where that is. Exactly, it's about half an hour away from London, but it is, in, is it in the north or south? Which county is it in? So Red Hill is to the south of London in Surrey. Very nice place. She's, she's quite well-spoken. She sounds on the, a little posh in her voice, but uh, I think she's probably not. Maybe that's just what people sound like if they come from Surrey, a place like Red Hill. It's probably quite a respectable place. Uh, okay. She's been here for two weeks, of course. Um, how long have you lived there? Two weeks. Okay. Oh, okay. So she's not actually from Red Hill, but she's been living in Red Hill for two weeks. The, where she's from is a mystery. We don't know. But judging by her voice, I would say somewhere in the southeast. And she doesn't have that kind of estuary English that arguably the, the guy f studying at Camberwell, he had it. When did he say that? Um, he, he, he used a few bits of estuary english in his speech lots of people it's quite expensive you've got to deal with it did he say with apart from that dodgy people looking at muggers weirdly uh anyway maybe he had a bit more of a sort of estuary english sort of twang to his voice whereas this girl doesn't some people have little features they're slight features of what you would associate with London accent, that sort of, all right, mate, I'm from London, innit? You know what I mean? You know, there's that sort of sort of thing, you know what I mean? There's like, you hear people who sort of speak like that. Um, if you make that more moderate, it's more like RP with a few elements of that. So people saying things like, um, um, words with an L at the end, um, overwhelming, that's it, overwhelming, now, I would say overwhelming with a l, l, l in it, overwhelm. But you might hear someone with estuary English saying overwhelm. Like it's it comes out as a w, as a W sound instead of an L sound. I'm trying to find other examples of words that maybe end with an L. Good nightlife, you know, a lot of action, a lot of friendly people. There's another one. People. I would say people. L, 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 people. 
but but if you've got estuary English, you might say friendly people, people, woo, 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 the w instead of the people. So it's more like a w instead of a l sound. She doesn't have this. The girl with the red scarf doesn't speak like this. She's got more standard RP, which is why I thought that she was potentially a little on the posh side. Maybe she went to like a private school or something like that, maybe. So anyway, um, everyone's been living in London for two weeks. Okay, everyone's been living in London for two weeks for some reason. Um, so what's London really like then? London, well, London's a really, really massive place, which can be quite overwhelming. London's a really massive place, which can be quite overwhelming. So there's the word overwhelming. And this has come up in LEP Premium recently. If something is overwhelming, it's like it's too much, oh, too much for you, too big, too challenging. Uh, it's it, it's like it covers you like a big wave. Ah, it's, it's overwhelming. So London, when you first arrive there, it can feel like it's very o- overwhelming because um, it's so big and there are so many things to do and it's just kind of, whoa. So it can be a bit overwhelming at first. And then she says, but it's not that scary, frightening, scary. It's not that scary after you've got stuck in there. To get stuck in there is a really great expression And it's like saying, go for it, basically. You know, just do it. Go for it. Get stuck in there. Get stuck in there means go into the, get involved in the thing. Go for it. Do it. Go into the heart of it. Get right in the middle of it. Get stuck in there. And it's a really great phrase as a way of um, encouraging someone to go and do something. Okay. Someone's going to go and do something. Say, go on, get stuck in there, mate. Okay. So she says, uh, London can be quite overwhelming, but it's uh, not that scary after you've got stuck in there. Let's just um, just rewind slightly. London, well, London's a really, really massive place, which can be quite overwhelming, but it's not that scary after you've, you know, got stuck in there. Yeah. All right. Uh, And then um, she says, London has everything you'd ever want. If you're into theatres, art, education, nightclubs, anything. If you're into theatres, if you're into art. So to be into something, um, which is a phrase that I taught long ago in the 16 Ways to Say I Like It video. I'm really into, I don't know what it was at the time. I'm really into football, maybe. Uh, If you're into something, it just means you're enthusiastic about it and you're interested in it and it's something you really like and maybe something you do. So if you're into theatres, art, education, nightclubs, anything, it's got everything you'd ever want. So just get stuck in there and go for it, she says. So she's being very enthusiastic. Um, London has everything you'd ever want if you're into theatres, art, education, nightclubs, anything. Um, I would say just get stuck in there and go for it. Okay. Great. Um, What's the worst thing about London? The worst thing... Well, you know, you heard, it's pretty clear. She said the pollution. It's, she says, it's, not, it's probably not as bad as some countries, but you always feel like you've got black fingernails. Well, not sure about the black fingernails. What are you doing? Where, where, where are you putting your fingers? But certainly there is pollution in London. And I, you, you do notice it if you've spent the day in the city and you come home, wash your face, you might find little bits of black grime grime is kind of like just the pollution in the air that somehow collects on your skin and when you wash your face and you wash sort of like in your nose or maybe in your ears you might actually find bits of black grime if you blow your nose for example when you come home you might find little bits of black residue uh, which is the pollution yeah it's terrible isn't it so i know what she means about the black fingernails but i think it's not the fingernails i think it's other parts that uh get affected by that but anyway (laughs) 
thing uh, I think the worst thing would have to be the pollution it's probably not as bad as some countries but you always feel like you've got black fingernails so. okay thank you very much okay right so just a recap of the vocab we had overwhelming so London can seem a bit overwhelming at first but it's not that scary after you've what after you've got stuck in there if you're into theatres art education nightclubs and just get stuck in there and go for it And we move on now to the girl who I've called the real Londoner uh, or the real Londoner who hates pigeons. That's because she's the only person in this video who's actually been living in London her entire life. So I've called her the real Londoner. Um, Let's listen to her and then we'll break it down. Hi. So uh, are you from London too? Yes, I am. Okay. So how long have you lived here? Uh, My whole life. Okay, right. So you're, you're a real Londoner. Yes, okay. a real Londoner. What's, what's it really like then, living here? What's it really like? Um, well, I think it's fantastic. It's nice to live in such a cosmopolitan place with lots of things to do. You can never say that you're bored or yeah. um, have nothing to do because then that's all down to you. So. Okay. What's the best so. thing about it? Um, you might have just answered that. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, just it's... the variety and everything you want to do. Like, um, lots of things for different age groups. There's always something for someone to do. Um, I would say the best thing is, like, the cultural um, little occasions that we have, like Chinese New Year and things like that, yeah. where you have big street parties. Okay. I would say what about the worst thing? <laughs> I, uh-huh. I don't like to answer that question. Oh, yeah, I hate pigeons. Pigeons. <laughs> I hate pigeons. What's wrong with, what's They're wrong diseased. With They're diseased. Yeah. Flying rats. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's the worst thing. I don't dislike anything. Else. Okay. okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Cheers. Bye-bye. So you heard me say cheers at the end, which is, you know, totally normal. We do say cheers as a way of saying thank you, goodbye. And we say cheers when we have a drink with someone as well. But cheers can be, all right, thanks, cheers. It can mean goodbye as well. Right. So let's, uh, let's just revisit that little clip uh, again and break it down. Uh, did you get the things that she uh, likes and dislikes about London? The likes is very similar to her friend, who is the girl in the red scarf. Um, and uh, it's mainly like things you can do. And th- there's a big variety of things. And the dislikes were the pigeons. So here we go. Hi. So uh, are you from London too? Yes, I am. Okay. So how long have you lived here? Uh, my whole life. Okay, right. So you're, you're a real Londoner. Yes. Okay. Okay, we all we understood all of that, right? Yes, a real Londoner. What's it like then living here? Yeah. A real Londoner. What's what's it really like then living here? What's it really like? Um, well, I think it's fantastic. It's nice to live in such a cosmopolitan place with lots of things to do. You can never say that you're bored. Or- a cosmopolitan place, a place that's sort of diverse. With a lot of things to do, you can never say that you're bored or have nothing to do because that's all down to you. If something is down to you, it means it's your responsibility to do it. Okay, so for example, you know, when you leave school, if you go to university, you know, you don't have to go to classes. It's completely down to you. Like you don't set your working, uh, your working schedule isn't set for you. Like your writing of essays and stuff, they just give you a, a date to hand it in and the rest is down to you. So if something's down to you, it just means it's, you know, it's your responsibility. We also say it's up to you as well, which means the kind of the same thing. Um, although it's up to you could mean it's your decision. So it's like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Up to you. Okay. Meaning it's, it's your choice, but it's down to you means it's your responsibility. But we also say up to you to mean the same thing. So up to you has got kind of two meanings. Oh, what do you want to do? I don't know. It's up to you. I'm like, really? It's always up to me, isn't it? I always have to make the decisions. Don't I? Well, I don't know. Up to you, isn't it? Ah. 
uh, and then it's like, uh, for example, uh, uh, you know, we're not going to check up on you when you're doing the essay. You just have to hand it in on time. Okay, all the details. That's all up to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, have nothing to do because then that's all down to you. So. Okay. That's all down to you, she says. Uh, what's the best thing about it? And then there's like awkward banter where I'm like, oh, you might have just answered that. Uh, and then she talks about variety. I mean, this is all fairly easy to understand. Just the variety and everything you want to do. Lots of things for different age groups. There's always something for someone to do, meaning whoever you are, there's always something to do. I would say the best thing is like the the, the, the little uh, little occasions that we have like Chinese New Year and things like that where you have big street parties I would say that's the best thing I think that was all fairly clear if you if you don't get that because I think most of the words there are fine probably just the, the best thing probably just the audio quality about it um, you might have just answered that. Yeah, I think I have. Yeah, just the variety and everything you want to do. Like, um, lots of things for different age groups. There's always something for someone to do. Um, I would say the best thing is, like, the cultural um, little occasions that we have, like Chinese New Year and things like that, yeah. where you have big street parties. Okay. I would say it's what about the worst thing? Hmm, I would- she goes, she tries to say, oh, I don't like to answer that question because probably she doesn't want to be negative and stuff. But then the, her friend is like, pigeons. And, oh, yeah, I hate pigeons. They're just, and I say, what's wrong with them? She says, they're diseased. And I say, they're diseased flying rats, which is a thing that people say in London that p- pigeons are basically flying rats. Rats, of course, are those rodents that live on the ground. Horrible. But, and we hate rats. And pigeons are, are no, no worse or no better than flying rats, essentially. So it's a thing that people say. It's not just us. Uh-huh. I don't like to answer pigeons. that question. Oh, yeah, I hate pigeons. Pigeons. <laughs> I hate pigeons. What's wrong with, what's They're wrong diseased. With They're diseased. Yeah. Flying I hate pigeons. Notice just the way that she says, I hate pigeons, not I hate pigeons. Is that interesting that she does that? I mean, that's how people say it, because the, the word connects hate, t- the t- and the p connect together so you end up with hate pigeons what about the worst thing hmm. I, uh-huh. I don't like to answer pigeons. that question oh yeah i hate pigeons pigeons <laughs> i hate pigeons what's wrong? i hate pigeons with, what's they're wrong diseased. with them they're diseased yeah. flying rats yes right yeah okay. that's the worst thing i don't dislike anything else. okay that's the worst thing I don't dislike anything else okay okay thank you very much you're welcome cheers very polite again everyone's so polite well it is london isn't it Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. After you? No, after you? No, after you? No, after you? Uh, good afternoon. Oh, is, is that how long we've been doing this? Yes, we've been doing this all morning. Now, I insist, after you. Good evening, you know. Um, so, let's move on. Well, no, before I do that, let's just recap the vocab. So, we've got, it's nice to live in such a cosmopolitan place. That's all down to you, meaning it's, you know, whether you uh, can deal with, what is it, uh, you know, make the right choices, then it's all down to you. And I hate pigeons. They're diseased. They're flying rats. Pigeons. Then we have the final uh, interview of the video, and that is with uh, what I've described as the young business couple or smartly dressed couple. And these guys were a fairly serious young couple who I met in uh, Piccadilly Square. No, Leicester Leicester Circus. No, no. I met them in... uh, uh, Piccadilly Circus and they were both dressed in business attire 
and they'd spent the day they were spending the day going around doing interviews and signing up with recruitment consultants and all that stuff so yeah guess how many weeks they'd been living in london yeah two weeks that's right they just moved down and they were trying to find work so they were doing lots of interviews in town okay let's hear the smartly dressed business couple who by the way i think actually have some very um uh, correct things to say, very sort of lucid things to say about life in London. I mean, after only two weeks, I don't know where they're from originally. They're not, f- I don't think they're from up north, but I mean, a lot of people finish university and they move to London and they try and find work there. That's the way it goes. London is like this, it's like this kind of uh, meat grinder that it sucks in people from universities and spits them out for probably about 15, 20 years later. Um, and uh, when they move out of the city and buy homes elsewhere, that's what it should be like. It's it's almost impossible to buy property in London these days. So people just sort of move out, and then they have these horrendous commutes and stuff. But London's just this machine, like churning people from university through like their career and then out the other side. Um, so, yes, but they they had some very good points to make about uh, what it's like living in London. Here we go. Uh, so, are you from London? Uh, we've just moved here, yeah. You've just moved here, yeah. right, okay. So, uh, how long have you been here? We've uh, been here for a couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. Everyone I've interviewed today has been in London for like two weeks. I, I don't know why. Um, so, what what's London really like then? What do you think? Uh, it's, a, it's a huge place. There must be about 10 million people living here. Uh, it's got a lot of good things, bad things. Uh, it's vibrant, it's multicultural, it's got fantastic places to eat, mm-hmm. uh, fantastic places to go out in the evening. Yeah. Fantastic uh, theatre, fantastic restaurants, yeah, fantastic sort of museums, art galleries, absolutely loads of stuff. Okay. Uh, it's, a, it's a fast-paced place. Uh, people seem to be moving around uh, a lot faster than the rest of the country. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes that can get quite, quite a bit much, I mean, people sort of rushing everywhere all the time. Yeah. Okay. But it's interesting. But there's there's also negatives. Yeah. To it's very here. congested. It's very expensive. Uh, extremely expensive. Public transport is expensive. It's hard. Oh. It take a long time to get anywhere. Yeah. And there's also a lot of pollution and crime as well. Yeah. So if you come to live here, I think it's about finding the right enclave. Yeah, the right so, neighbourhood to live in. Right. And having friends, set up your own community of friends. Yeah. yeah. Rather than knowing your next door neighbour. Yeah. 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 Okay, thank you very much. Okay, no worries. Bye-bye. Cheers. Okay, so that was the young business couple. I know what you're thinking. I know exactly what you're thinking, guys, okay? You're thinking, I understood him, didn't understand her, right? I bet that's what you were thinking. But it's just because he was closer to the camera, so we picked up his voice better. She was quite far away, so we couldn't hear her. Yeah, I know. What crappy audio quality. What are you going to do? It is from 2009 before I knew what I was doing. And now I know not to record video in the street. Uh, Not that I really can easily, living in France. But uh, perhaps when I go back to London uh, more regularly, then I'll be able to do that again. But if I do, I'll get the the right microphone. I'll get one of those big furry uh, things sticking out. You know, I'm talking about a microphone. Yes. So the young business couple. Um, Let's go back. Uh, Despite the fact you couldn't hear her very well, 
We're going to revisit that little snippet there, folks. We're going to revisit that little clip of uh, classic LEP Gold from 2009. And here we go. Actually, like, um, what what have we got? What have we got first? Hi, so are you from London? Yeah, we've just moved here. Yeah, we just moved here. How long have you been here? There's that word, that phrase again. And she says, of course, we've been here for a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, meaning basically two weeks. And then I, of course, say everyone I've interviewed today has been in London for like two weeks. I don't know why. And they just look at me and smile like, yeah, that's great. Very interesting. And then so what's London really like? What have we got to look at? Well, we've got, there's a, there, it must be, so there's a nice little modal verb there of, um, what is that? Uh, supposition or speculation, modal verb of speculation there. Uh, talking about the present, uh, speculating, specul- speculating. I became Jamaican there. Just people speculating about the number of people <laughs> living in London, man. Uh, why did I go Jamaican? I don't know, man. Stop it, no. It's a little bit racist, if if <laughs> if I'm honest with you. Okay, I'll stop. Sorry, sorry. It happened by accident. So, there must be about 10 million people living in living here, he said. Not in a Jamaican accent. Again, this guy, I don't think they're from far away from London, the two of them. Sound just like standard received pronunciation from the south, southeast, maybe. So anyway, watch out for the modal verb with must be. There must be about 10 million people living here. How would you say that in the past? Convert that sentence to the past. Now, go. There must have been about 10 million people living here. That's it in the past. But for the present, there must be about 10 million people living here. Let's listen until we get to that, uh, that magical moment in the interview. When my phone decides to play along. Come on, phone. Come on. You can do it. Come on. Come on. I tell you what, if you're getting annoyed by, by that music, then that's nothing compared to what I went through while editing the video in the first place. Uh, so, are you from London? Uh, we just moved here, yeah. You just moved here, yeah. right, okay. So, uh, how long have you been here? We've uh, been here for a couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah. Everyone I've interviewed today has been in London for like two weeks. I don't know why. Um, so, what, what's London really like then? What do you think? Uh, it's, a, it's a huge place. There must be about 10 million people living here. There must be about 10 million people living here. It's a huge place. I should have said, sorry, can you speak up a bit? Uh, it's got a lot of good things, bad things. Uh, it's vibrant. It's multicultural. It's got a lot of good things, bad things. It's vibrant. Vibrant's a nice, there's a nice word. Vibrant means it's full of energy, full of things going on. It's vibrant. It's multicultural. It's got fantastic places to eat, fantastic places to go out in the evening. One of the things that I find interesting about this interview with these two and like uh, videoing people just for a minute and uh, just featuring them in conversation for a minute is sort of fascinating because you end up analysing every little moment, every little movement. And I've watched these videos over and over again. And what I find interesting about these two is their sort of dynamic between them, the couple. It's quite an interesting dynamic because I ask a question and she looks at him and sort of basically says, do you want to go first? She sort of waits for him to answer. He's kind of checking her. He's not going to answer unless he's sort of had the nod from her. So I asked the question and sort of 
he looks at her as if to say, I've got something, I've got an answer, right? And she sort of goes, yeah, do you, you know, go ahead. Do you, you want to go first? So she has to let him go first and he does his thing. And then she interrupts him every single time. So I'll ask a question. So what do you think of London? Um, so yeah, London's a pretty good place. Uh, you know, lots of things to do. Like, yeah, loads of restaurants and theatres. And like she always interrupts him after like requesting that he goes first. It's funny. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's like she needs to have, she's sort of like the security of him going first and then she can follow up with the with her uh, her response. Uh, so are you from London? Uh, we've just moved here, yeah. You've just moved here, yeah. right, okay. So uh, how long have you been here? Um, Actually, she's answering these ones first. Just totally crumbling my theory about their relationship. But I promise you, after this bit, that's when she kind of goes, oh, uh, you know, go ahead. And then, and then I'll interrupt you. Okay. Yep. Everyone I've interviewed today has been in London oh, that for like two weeks. I don't, I don't know why. Um, so what, what's London really like then? What do you think? So she lets him go first. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge place. There must be about 10 million people living here. Uh, it's got a lot of good things, bad things. Uh, it's vibrant. It's multicultural. And then she's going to interrupt him now, right? It's got fantastic places to eat. Mm-hmm. Fantastic places to go out in the evening. Yeah. Uh, fantastic theatre, fantastic restaurant, yeah, fantastic sort of museums, art galleries, absolutely loads of stuff. Okay. Uh, so, so, right, so it's easy. Easy, 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 easy. What happened, Luke? Sorry, it was just a B. So it's pretty easy to understand, I think, so far. Everything's fantastic, fantastic. There's loads of things to do, and it's all fantastic, 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 fantastic. I'm like, okay, great. Uh, and then uh, he carries on. And then she interrupts him again, it's, uh, it's- which is fine. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that uh, there's anything wrong with it because it's kind of cute in a way because like, she's like, oh, you've got to go first. And now I have things to say. Now that you're speaking, I, I can do it too. I don't know. Is she less confident than him? I don't know. Uh, whatever. The, it's just an interesting dynamic. Fast-paced place. Uh, people seem to be moving around uh, a lot faster than the rest of the country. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes that can get quite, quite a bit much. People sort of rushing everywhere all the time. Yeah. Okay, so bit of vocab there. Uh, what is it? It's a fast-paced place. Fast-paced pace. Uh, the, pa- the, the pace of something is the speed of it. We have an expression at a snail's pace. You ever heard of that? To do something at a snail's pace, it means to do something very, very slowly. You walk at a snail's pace, don't you? For example, you walk slowly. So pace is like speed. So it's a fast-paced place. It's a fast-paced place in your face. Um, okay, just for any rappers out there, there's a little idea for you. You could use that. You're welcome. So it's a fast-paced place, meaning it's a place that has this, like, speed, a uh, very fast place. Okay, people seem to be moving around a lot faster than in the rest of the country. It's kind of true. I talked about it. In the episode with Andy Johnson, it's the London walk. Everyone's like rushing around, rushing around, live in London, can't hurry, can't can't hang around, gotta keep moving. Moving, moving, moving. All right, morning, 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 can't can't stop. Sorry, bye. I'm living in London, you know. Yeah, so yeah, me too. Bye. You know, everyone's rushing around like that all the time. People sort of rushing everywhere all the time. People rushing. Right? That's rushing, not rushing, not rushing. There are Russian people there as well, I think, in London. You know, Roman Abramovich and people like that. A lot of Russian billionaires 
rushing around. I don't think they are rushing around, though, actually, even though they're rushing. They're rushing, but they're not rushing around because they, they can take life a little more slowly than all the other people who are like, just rushing around. I'm rushing, but I'm not rushing. But you have a Russian accent. No, I don't. It's terrible. It's just an embarrassing accent. Okay, bye. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it can get a bit much, she said. If something gets a bit much, it means it's like too, too much. It's overwhelming. It's too intense. Ah, this is all a bit much, isn't it? Ah, it's like, it's all too, too difficult. So you go to the theatre and the performance is like really extreme and you lean to your friend. Whew, this is all a bit much, isn't it? Meaning this is all a bit too much, but over the top. She says sometimes that can get a bit much, you know, people sort of rushing everywhere. Pace to pace. Uh, people seem to be moving around uh, a lot faster than the rest of the country. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes that can get quite, quite a bit much, people sort of rushing everywhere all the time. Yeah. But okay. it's interesting. But there's, there's also negatives. Yeah. To it's very here. congested. <laughs> there she goes again. I love it. I just love the way she interrupts it's, him. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes that can get quite, quite a bit much, people sort of rushing everywhere all the time. Yeah. But okay. it's interesting. But there's, there's also negatives. Yeah. To it's very here. congested. It's very expensive. Uh, extremely expensive public transport is expensive it's hard it take a long time to get anywhere yeah um, I mean maybe she's not interrupting him maybe they're sort of finishing 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 his sentences I don't know um, so she said it's very congested there's a nice word for you if something is congested it just means that there's um, well in terms of a city it's, there's too much traffic lots of traffic jams congestion it's congested it's very expensive it, extremely expensive public transport is expensive it's hard it can take a long time to get anywhere okay fine and then he says and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of pollution and crime as well so if you come to live here i think it's about finding the right enclave so and that's the thing that's that's really true it's about finding the right enclave an enclave is like a um it's like an area a small area within the city in which you you live and you feel comfortable so for me my enclave was you know like the w6 region around hammersmith down by the river that was my enclave that's the small area where i felt comfortable and at home so living in london is about finding the right enclave rather than uh sort of getting to know your your neighbor rather than knowing your next door neighbor it's about finding the right enclave which is a very good point there's also a lot of pollution and crime as well. Yeah. So if you come to live here, I think it's about finding the right enclave. Yeah, the right so, neighbourhood to live in. Right. And right. having friends, set up your own community of friends. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than knowing your next door neighbour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. No worries. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye. And there we go, folks. That's the uh, the end of that classic uh, bit of video from the archives. I don't know why I'm speaking like that. Seems very good fun to speak like that at the moment. I don't know why. I'm having a lot of a lot of fun uh, speaking this kind of voice like I'm a radio DJ. So that's the end of the Drive Time Show, uh, folks. I've been Luke Thompson. You've been listening to Radio RAPZM27, the radio of the future. <laughs> For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Oh, my God. Remember that? Remember those days? Hands up if you've been listening to this since the days of Podomatic. Hands up. Hi. You, you, those are the true long-term Lepsters. If you've been listening since those days, then you're a true long-term Lepster because I went through teacherluke.podomatic.com, which, st- which um, doesn't really exist anymore. You can actually uh, 
find it online, but it's just literally every single thing on the page just says the podcast has moved to teacherluke.co.uk. It's just plastered all over the page everywhere with links taking you to the right place, right? That's it. There's no content, nothing on there except me writing. Uh, this is all moved to teacherluke.co.uk. Click here to find all the episodes. And yet still, every week, I get notifications in my phone on email saying, someone has just um, subscribed to your podcast on Podomatic. I'm like, did you not get the message? <laughs> um, but a lot of people are listening on Spotify these days. And so obviously the early episodes, it's uh, for more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. So they're all doing that. And regardless of the messages everywhere, they're going, yeah, please subscribe me to this, this, this stuff that's had no content since 2011, I think. Um, anyway, then, then it was teacherluke.wordpress.com, which is kind of a cheap ass uh, website isn't it if someone's got like bloody blah dot wordpress.com or daddy da dot uh what's the other one like blogger.com or something uh but now of course i've moved up in the world and i'm on teacherluke.co.uk which is where you find all of the stuff including the full page for this episode which has got everything you could possibly need like literally everything you could need like stuck on a desert island don't worry you don't need fire or uh, shelter, or food, or a knife, a container. You don't need those things. All you could possibly need is the the page for this episode on the website, and that will give you everything you need. You'd be able to learn English to, a, to, to enough of a degree to be able to write a complex message on the sand, and then you'd be rescued. So you're not going to need water, or shelter, or protection against the elements. You're going to be fine because of the page for this episode on the website. Go to the episode archive. You can find it. This is episode, what, 600 and... Is this 604, he asked, not knowing uh, which number this is. Because I've been... I've just done a whole series of premium episodes. Yeah, this is 604. Um, so, yes, you'll see... If, you, if you're using the app, you'll see uh, four premium episodes. That's series 14 all dealing with language from episode 576, which was a conversation with James, my brother. We talked about books and music and, and films. And I've taken uh, lots of target language from it, just good expressions and bits of grammar and vocab that you should know if you want to push your English to the next plateau. And you'll find them there in the app. Um, and you can just register for Luke's English Podcast Premium to unlock all of those episodes that you'll find in the app and online. Uh, just go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium to get started and you can really push your English. I do lots and lots of pronunciation drills. Uh, I recently got feedback from someone who did a, uh, a um, survey on my website. Someone in Spain doing uh, a thesis about learning English using podcasts and he did a big survey and lots of my listeners responded to the survey and so, you know, lots of great feedback. It's amazing to read it. I have to be honest. It's incredible, uh, the positive stuff. But there were things like, you know, what could be done differently? What would you rather was different? And uh, one of the things was, you know, could you repeat the vocab more often? And that's what uh, LEP Premium is all about. It's about repeating target language again and again in different situations. I do little improvisations 
with the language, playing around, having fun, keeping it funny, but repeating the words in context so that you learn them. And then doing lots of pronunciation drills, which is another thing that some people asked for, which is like, can you do listen and repeat drills for pronunciation? And again, that's also what I do in LEP Premium. So you get all the teaching, uh, the examples, the funny moments, uh, PDF with uh, tests and notes, and then full pronunciation drills for listen and repeat. And in this series, I focused on sentence stress and um, connected speech. So that's the sort of thing you get from Luke's English Podcast Premium. Uh, teacherluke.co.uk slash premium and it costs basically like the price of a coffee from you to me every month or maybe a coffee and a cake every month it's basically $2.99 if you pay uh, on a 12 monthly basis so if you pay for the whole year it's like $2.99 a month which is not much and if you pay every six months then you you um, you pay three fifty. dollars Three forty nine a month, and if you pay every month, you're paying three ninety nine. Okay, so the full price is the monthly payment of three ninety nine. Pay every pay once every six months, and you make a fifteen percent saving. And if you pay uh, on a twelve month basis, then you're saving thirty um, percent off the full price. There you go. Not too bad. Pretty affordable. I decided that I've got enough people listening to this around the world for like for whom maybe the exchange rate's not great and you want something affordable. And I know there are lots of options out there that are vastly more expensive than mine. I mean, you know, I could probably have charged a lot more for what I'm doing, but I decided I'm, you know, I'm a humanitarian at heart. You know, I'm a a a philanthropist. Um, You mean you're just pissed? Well, I am sometimes pissed, but sometimes I'm a philanthropist, which is a drunk generous person i'm not that drunk anyway what am i talking about the pricing it's a good deal isn't it pretty good it's a bargain i think anyway that's that's the end of my little promo for myself you you forgive me don't you yes of course we do luke this is how you're going to make the podcast work for you thank you it helps to keep the whole thing alive and it helps me to continue doing this and to make it all better and also it's just lots of genuine content for you it's not even a donation you get tons of stuff as a result um Okay, thank you for listening to my podcast. As I said, I'll be away on a holiday for a little while, so things might be quiet, but um, there should be premium stuff coming at least. And I'll speak to you again on the podcast very soon. I look forward to reading your comments. But for now, it's just time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.